If you just fob me off and go, Max, you know what you're talking about. I have a handshake with this guy. He's good. I've known him for a long time. Then that's okay. I haven't got a problem with you doing that. But it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. Uh, and maybe not that builder. But you, what you do is you get into the habit of just taking on another job and you're used to not getting agreements, just handshakes. Well, you're, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. Why would you do that? How old are you going to be before you start to experience life like you want it? I want to tell you right now, whether you like it or not, there is a better way to do business. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Business for Builders podcast. Welcome to you if you're in YouTube land. My name's Max. I'm your host. And uh, today, as usual, we want to get you some value uh, to help you build a uh, highly or high performance profitable biz. Uh, just a bit of uh, a, a bit of housekeeping, uh, like and subscribe, all that kind of wonderful stuff. And uh, be sure to hit me up on email, max at business for builders. Uh, and uh, you can get onto us, uh, you can get onto me via the website, uh, businessforbuilders.ca as well. Hit the contact page and that'll come to my phone. Right, today, um, yeah, also don't forget, hit, hit me up on uh, the Business for Builders VIP uh, private Facebook group. Um, we're putting down some stuff there and uh, that's a little bit more of a deep dive. It's There's a little bit more under the hood stuff there. Uh, and certainly feel free to, if there's anything that I've talked about, which is not kind of making sense, or you want some more clarification, feel free to do that. And what I can do is I can transition out of the uh, the podcast studio here and hit the whiteboard and uh, really spell it out in a little bit more detail, sort of in under five minutes. And I know that's hard for me to do. Um, but yeah, it's going to be good. So today, as usual, steak and potatoes. Uh, I want to bring your attention to, uh, this is probably more relevant to builders uh, who are running, you know, obviously a building company at some, you know, level, whether they're a one-man band or whether they've got a few team. Um, but also to the sub-trade, subcontractors, the guys and gals thinking about becoming a builder. Um, today I'm going to talk to you about the difference between a purchase order and a subcontract. And uh, it, uh, it's something that came across my desk, let's say, um, a little while ago. Uh, and it's ironic because after being in the game for 34 years this year, I think, uh, you know, having spent a lot of time as a framing subcontractor or as a carpentry subcontractor with uh, some pretty high-level builders, uh, I was, I mean, purchase orders were the thing that I would use to make sure that I knew what I was doing as far as what the scope was. Uh, and it was something that I knew that if I had that piece of paper or that document, that was money in the bank. I just had to execute, do the job, and I'd get paid. Um, but sort of just recently uh, working with one of my guys, uh, we got introduced to uh, another train of thought and, you know, I found it really interesting. So goes to show that even after being in the game for that long, um, there's something that you can learn uh, and we continue to learn. Um, a little bit of a caveat uh, condition to get started. I want you to ensure that you, uh, I am not legal counsel. I'm not a lawyer by any stretch. Uh, I'm not smart enough. Uh, I have my own lawyers. So what I'd encourage you to do is to uh, really just kind of reach out maybe uh, to uh, a lawyer or a someone in the legal area that you trust that you can uh, maybe chat with. And of course, it's going to cost you money. Uh, but I'm just telling you, um, anything to do with uh, any kinds of contracts or agreements or anything like that, I know that obviously all of our franchise agreements are from our lawyers. Our fixed price building contract is from our lawyers. Um, we're currently having our employment contract uh, redrafted um, you know, and even we've talked to them about purchase orders as well. So uh, no doubt subcontracts will be on the list as well. 
Um, so get your own legal advice. Make sure you understand clearly and competently, you know, what is what you're undertaking there. But I'm going to quickly outline just some really brief difference in, you know, real brief format, some of the differences. Now, a purchase order is pretty standard. It's like, I'm, you know, I've got a Red Bull sitting here. Um, not that we go and buy those as builders, but uh, you can ease, it's easy to uh, document exactly on a purchase order what's going on. What is the scope of work? Now, remember for us in renovations, remodeling, uh, there any everything is you know so far away from standard it's not funny so um, purchases are, are good uh, obviously it's easy for us builders to use purchase orders when we're buying materials um, that we need for our projects um, and, and in essence it's typically used for the purchase of raw materials equipment um, or finished goods or you know whatever it is that we need so uh, conversely as a carpenter I used to do work labor only where I didn't supply any materials or any kind of um, goods. Uh, it was all service, really. And they were still these builders, some of these big builders, and they would give me a purchase order. Uh, now, they would try and spell out inside of that, uh, you know, exactly what was required as far as the scope of work. But it's kind of really what I'm trying to do today is separate the purchase order from the subcontract. Now, some builders, like we have a builder subcontractor agreement, and that's usually an annual agreement. That's good. And that makes sure that our, you know, as a builder, uh, that makes sure our, our subcontractors have got uh, liability insurance. They've got, uh, you know, workers' comp insurance, uh, that they've got everything in place, um, you know, and we know uh, and we understand and we're able to keep accountable the guys that are working for us to ensure that we, you know, make sure we've got professionals working uh, on our projects. Um but what we're trying to do now is take it one step further. Even though you've got a builder and subcontractor agreement, and that's good, what, you know, really that's a fairly macro 40,000 foot, and you need to probably have that. Um, but what we're talking about here is the subcontract. Now, the thing that caught my eye, so this is going to be a really quick one, I think, um, but you understand what a purchase order is. That's pretty black and white. And, and more often than not, if stuff is black and white, and I know that when I used to get purchase orders, it was because we were building new homes. Uh, I was just doing framing and I was doing finishing and we're doing, you know, exterior uh, windows and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously their estimators broke everything down so they could put it into a purchase order. Um, however, uh, what I do recall is let's say I got a purchase order for $2,000 to do interior finishing or whatever. If I was to go and do something else, we, we you know, we would just get issued another purchase order. So what what it means is you've kind of got several purchase orders for the one project, which is kind of, it's that's where it starts to be a bit convoluted. So there's, the purchase orders does a specific job and it does it well, but then when it comes to where you start to include labor, then it starts to get a little bit tricky. Anytime that there's, you know, uh, more materials or more labor needed, that becomes a bit tricky as well. Um, a subcontract agreement, on the other hand, that's a contractual agreement between the builder and the subcontractor. Um, and and really, the subcontract sets out the terms and conditions uh, of the work to be performed. Now, um, so we're breaking into you know what is a subcontract, and the major difference I think as a builder, what the thing that caught my eye straight away was in the in the in the event that there is a change of scope or there is some more work, and particularly on Renos, I mean, how often do you go and pull drywall or gyp rock off, and all of a sudden you've got there's an extra scope of work, maybe not a lot, but there's some. Um, so if you had to go and buy more, more materials for that work that you've uncovered that wasn't included, 
you basically go to your local hardware store, issue a purchase order for more, you know, two by four or wood or, or timber, and uh, you'd go back to the job site and give it to the carpenter and he'd fix it. Um, but how do we take care of the labor? And so let's say that the the carpenter had um, the labor scope of work already sorted out on a subcontract uh, instead of a purchase order. The thing I like about, which, just, which, which is a bit of a standout for me, is that that subcontract if you've got the right software, I know we're uh, we're working on a different type of software at the moment. We're just sort of kicking tires and seeing how we're working, and that's where this um, this this difference became very obvious to us. The thing I like about the subcontract um, compared to the purchase order is that the subcontract has the ability uh, to. Uh, utilize the change order process. So uh, if there was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the scope of work was laid out, the, the, the subcontract carpenter agreed to it, and uh, and then they went ahead and started, you know, doing demolition, and there was something that was uncovered uh, that wasn't uh, included in the initial scope of work. The builder in this software that we're talking about or we're using um, or looking at, uh, it has the ability to generate a change order for the subcontract. Very very much the same as for our building contracts. We can actually go to the client if they wanted to upgrade, you know, from uh, post form laminate tops to stone tops or they wanted to, you know, increase or, you know, change out the tap set or whatever. We can actually, instead of modifying the contract, we don't have to start up another contract. We use the change order. Change order is the only way that you can modify uh, the uh, the contract amount up and down. And so, you know, for me, having having the ability to, be fairly fluid in the adjustment of the subcontract total and the scope of work, as opposed to just generating another PO. To me, that was an advantage. Now, um, the other thing you can do, and this is why the purchase order, especially in Renos, it starts to make it you know terribly difficult because when you go for a, you you go down to the local hardware and you buy something and it's material, the the PO is easy to do because they're line items. They're just you know wood, paint, fasteners, whatever the case may be. Bang, bang, bang. Whereas, and it's fairly short-winded, right? Um, whereas for uh, construction, and we're talking labor, I know full well that you, you've got to be very descriptive in your approach. So you, you kind of want the benefit of being able to be able to include um, the specifics around the scope of work. And of course, then there's also the terms. So there might be payment terms. Um, there might be uh, you know inclusions, exclusions, things like that. And that's super. So what you'll find is what we're starting to realize that the subcontract it actually facilitates more, uh, more, more uh, information that needs to be uh, in writing. Because I mean, look, it's already bad enough what I see where builders don't have contracts with with homeowners; they just kind of work off invoices. But <clears throat> doubly, I think it's important that builders really um, nail down because, especially for us when we're doing fixed price, we need to make sure that when we get a quote from a subcontractor, that the 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 terms and conditions. And you know what's included in that quote, it translates into a subcontract, so everybody knows where we're up to. Um, so you know things, other things that can be included on, uh, and this is not so much. I you know don't believe this would be. I mean, commercial, yeah, maybe, but domestic in Australia, New Zealand, um, it's it can be something that's that's going on here in Canada. I know for sure, and that is there's a retention amount uh, at the end of the project of around about ten percent, and that would be payable in full. You know, at the end of the uh, fifty five days now. Uh, most of the time what we're seeing, and I'm not going to condone anything or, or you know, um, say anything about this other than that what I see is that not a lot of subcontractors are going to get involved in retention. But nonetheless, uh, it has the ability for you to be able to sort of, you know, uh, include the, retentions, um, the retention information and terms and conditions, things like that. 
Um, so, look, I think bottom line is just to wrap up this really quick podcast. Um, you know what we what we're trying to do. Um, and, and if you talk to your lawyers, uh, they will say something around this. They'll say, look, whenever you have an agreement in writing, there, there, there must be no or, yeah, there must be no ambiguities. There must be no uh, misunderstandings. Everything has got to be defined with a high level of clarity. And so each person knows uh, what their expectations are and uh, what they have to deliver and things like that. And that is the beauty of a subcontract as opposed to a purchase order. Uh, and the other thing it must be is it's got to be signed and dated by both parties, guys and gals. Uh, if there's any modifications to the original contract once you're underway, obviously, again, it has to be it has to be signed. And of course, there's got to be no ambiguity. So you really, you know, lawyers can be very expensive. And so you, you want to make sure that you do invest the money up front. There is no question that the more the more homework you do, the more questions you ask, yes, you're going to pay a lawyer a little bit of money. Um, but you start to get the insight because what you want to do is remove the, von- the the vulnerabilities. And so I think it's good, you know, for the subcontractors because they feel safe because they've had the opportunity to converse with the builder to make sure that, you know, everything has been quoted in accordance with, you know, the, the project. And so there's, you know, the worst thing for me as a builder is where a client says to me, oh, Max, I thought that was included. And you know that what happens at that moment is, A, I've got to break the bad news and it's like, well, sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, it's not included, um, which which then there's a part of me that walks away and thinks, what could I have done better to help them understand that, uh, you know, what was included, what was excluded, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you don't want one of your sub-trades coming in and sort of saying, well, I thought, you know, I, I didn't think I had to do that. And the builder's like, well, yeah, you have to do that. So, you know, I think too, more often than not, you know, um, all of those disputes and things happen because one person feeling like they're getting ripped off or one person or one party is feeling like they're being hard done by. So I think the down, you know, the, there's no real downside to um, spending a little bit more time up front, like an axeman never loses time sharpening his axe. And so you've got to make sure that all the details are sorted. And I think that is that is when it, when I bang on about systemization and what it takes, this is systemization. This is like, this is our system. The subtrade does not start uh, until such time as we have a subcontract nailed down. And if you're a subcontractor, out, if you're a subcontractor out there, I would ask that you do yourself a favour and ask the builder that you work for uh, for a subcontract for each project. No different than what the builder would do if he was dealing with a client. You know, he would have a contract with that client, and then another client, he'd have another contract there. I think that you guys, builders and, and subcontractors, need to have a subcontract agreement. Or, or, you know, something in writing for every time you go into a project because, um, and I'm speaking for the subcontractor now, guys and girls, you need to, you really need, you should do that. It is, it would be uh, super important because anyone that's not willing to put that into writing, that should be a red flag for you as a sub. Now, I'm not saying that you can't, you know, can't get along and just do it on a handshake and every time I give him an invoice, he cuts me a check a week later or whatnot. Uh, You know, I think that, that definitely happens and I'm okay with that. But I just know this, that, you know, there's no such thing as perfection and, and shit can hit the fan and it can change the dynamics of a relationship and all of a sudden you've now got yourself a fairly, um, uh, you know, a fairly, like a, a, a process that's going to get pretty muddy and pretty messy and probably compromise the friendship. So, um, or the business relationship at, at least. So, um, look, it's it's really important that you just keep your, your eyes on the prize. And uh, I think that comes down to being professional operators. If you just fob me off and go, Max, you know what you're talking about. I have a handshake with this guy. He's good. I've known him for a long time. Then that's okay. I, I haven't got a problem with you doing that. 
but it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Uh, and maybe not that builder, but you what you do is you get into the habit of just taking on another job and you're used to not getting agreements, just handshakes. Well, you're, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. Why would you do that? Um, so, you know, that's that's a little bit of a, a bit of a bit of an insight into uh, the difference between a purchase order and a subcontract and certainly some of the benefits for you as a builder and as a subcontractor to have a subcontract per project, um, you know, per scope of work, uh, just to make sure that um, there's no misunderstandings and there's no shit fights at the end of the job. I uh, hope that helps. Uh, don't forget, you can hit me up, max at businessforbuilders.ca or you can visit businessforbuilders.ca, hit the contact form, shoot across to uh, the B4B or Business for Builders VIP Facebook group, the private group there. Uh, hit the button and I'll, uh, if you're a good sort, I'll let you in. And um, there's some really good stuff on that. But uh, yeah, keep your head down, ass up, working hard, go build a kick-ass business. See you on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.